Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Welcome to the Bass Guy Can Be a segment on the Paddle and Fin Network. It's your host, Armando Solá. And on this segment, we kick back with a special guest and talk about life, kayak fishing, and the pursuit of big bass. So get your cold brews on and enjoy the show. Once again, guys, girls, to the Bass Kayak and Beer segment on the Paddle and Fin podcast. Super excited about today's episode. I got the slayer from the natural state, the Razorback, Cody Milton. How you doing, man? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for taking the time. I know you had an exciting weekend. You also have a live show later today with Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, um, the Reel Down. Um, this episode is going to air on Wednesdays. Today is Monday. So um, I, as much as I want to talk to you about your amazing success over the weekend that you had, I'm going to leave it up to the, you know, to the guys and um, again, in the reel down, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, go ahead and listen to it. It's, I'm sure it's going to be an amazing episode. Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner always do a great job. And who better to have than Cody Milton. So Cody, congratulations on an amazing weekend. How did it feel to win that, um, that tournament? Man, it actually felt really good. I mean, it, like, yeah, I've had some good wins this year, but as the whole, it's definitely been my most, you know, inconsistent year. So it was like getting – I've had a, couple, a rough couple of weeks, so this, this was really good to be able to, you know, win on Sunday. It felt felt really nice. <laughs> so wait a minute. So wait a minute. This is your inconsistent year? It's, you, feel, you know, it's generally I stay – Right? Like, <laughs> I, I just – I've had a lot of bad tournaments. I think I went like three or four tournaments or so without a check, it's like coming up to this event. So it was – um, yeah, I mean, you know, I did well at the Hobie at Kentucky, but, you know, I'd fished a couple tournaments in between them and, you know, they weren't good. So, yeah, it felt good to kind of like get back and, I don't know, feel like I was fishing good again. <laughs> I, I feel like my soul is being crushed. It's, it, 
the amount of success that you have this year, and you're telling me just you're not happy with the consistency of it. That's pretty awesome, man. That speaks to you. You got to try to, you know. I mean, it has been good. I'm not complaining, but it's just you yeah. always want to be up there, you know. You want to you want to try to always do the best you can. So, but I'm on you sometime. Sorry, I interrupted there. But you know what? It does speak to the hunger that you have. And I'm sure we'll dive into that a little bit about what's making you such a great angler. Because, I mean, you got you won Lake Fork uh, this year. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, that was a pretty, I mean, that was a decent sized limit. Now, I know it yeah. was um, spawning season in, uh, in Lake Fork. And by the way, I got to listen to that podcast. I think it was on the reel down as well. That was a great – I learned so much from listening you talk about that Lake Fork win. I think you yeah. you mentioned one um, – and maybe we'll talk, I'll pick your brain off air, but you mentioned something about – and correct me if I'm wrong. You you spotted uh, a, a, a big bass, female bass, on yeah. uh, on a nest, you know, nesting. And you couldn't get in. She left. And you waited – I think it was – you said you waited like 15 minutes for her to come back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that way, which, how big was that? I think something like 24 inches or something like I that? Caught a, I caught an 833 that day, two sixes, and I think the rest were like four and a half or fives. Oh, and they were, I caught, Yeah, I caught all of them sight fishing in like an area that was probably like 200 yards. I had one other, I had one other group of spawners, but they weren't as big. Like it seemed like they were, they were easier to catch, but they were mostly males. But yeah, like. I started power pole down on like that 833, a seven and a six pounder, like in a triangle. And I stayed there for probably an hour and a half. And I actually caught every one of them pretty quickly, like within two hours, probably. Um, but yeah, yeah. Was, um, did, um, the graph, like, I'm sorry, electronics play a part in it? Fish finder was just straight up. Oh no, these were, these were in like, like MDJ went, he fished for that 833 the day before. Talk came in there and fished for it. I mean, people knew it was there, but like with the kayak, I got on the inside of it and flipped like back over it because it was in like seven or eight inches of water. They all were like not even a foot, and they were dropping the lake even more, so it was getting lower. But those boats, because the MLF were there, they couldn't get to where the majority of those fish were like at all. Um, so it was like I slid in the back of the bank and caught them like you know, casting more towards where the boats were and bringing it back. Um, yeah, it was pretty sweet. I, I, I'll, I will not forget that one for sure. <laughs> that, yeah, that was very impressive. Yeah. And I love that podcast that you did. If anybody out there listening, go check out that podcast. I think it was The Real Down, right? With the, it was, yes, yeah. yeah, I don't know if Jimmy was already uh, joined that show, but um, the great episode, man. I learned a lot from it. Um, I actually went to Lake Fork this uh, Friday. My favorite lake here in Texas. Yeah. Um, and what I love about it, and you mentioned, you kind of touched on it. There's so I mean, it's so, a lot of those pockets are just, uh, timber everywhere and boats really don't want to mess with it. They just don't, even on the kayak, I'm bumping and I'm yeah. praying that I don't break my, uh, you know, my pedals on it. Cause yeah. it is, it is very shallow, like everywhere. And boats don't want to mess with it. They just want to stay outside of the bank, mouth of the creeks and all that. So you really get a chance. Uh, as many boats as there is, you really do get a chance to some of those spots. Just have it for yourself and find some huge bass, man. Yeah. I love that, Blake. So what's been your, out of this year, what's been your favorite win? Would you say Lake Fork? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, mainly just because, like, I mean, 
I love sight fishing. It's always been one of my favorite things. Like I, I, like I want to find a tournaments where I can rely on it or lean on it. And it was, it just, everything set up so well. Like it was a sight fishing tournament. The water was a little up. Like there's an enormous amount of shoreline cover on fork and it just made it where like, it was, everything was perfect. Like it was, you needed to be in a kayak and you needed to be sight fishing. It was just, I don't know. I don't think I'll, I don't know if I'll ever see a tournament line up like quite like that one did. Like, I can't tell you how many seven pounders I saw. I didn't make many casts that week. I probably marked. I don't. Even, I don't know how many bass I marked. I mean, I just pulled all week, like all across that lake, and there was so many bass up shallow. So I mean, I just think that whole week is memorable as much as anything. Um, I mean, as crazy as it is, like the, you know, th- this week, like I was saying, like I had a really tough day on Saturday. I caught one bass and one yesterday. And it was you like, only caught one bass. I caught one bass on Saturday. I feel better about and, myself now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and I ripped. I took my motor off. I took my drafts off. I took every battery out of my boat, and I took four rods out there on Sunday. And I was just like, I want to just get back to to fishing, you know. And went somewhere I hadn't even gone. Like I'd seen the launch, but I hadn't fished there. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. Each win like means a lot in their own right, you know. Like Sunday, it meant a lot because like I was just so angry at myself how things went down on Saturday. Like I just knew I needed to do something different, you know. And it was like. I'll always remember that just because of how I felt the day before, you know, and what was able to come from it the next day. I mean, it's like the five live things. Like, you can gain so much, and I don't know. They all mean so much in their own right. But out of the, the fork one's definitely up there, though. Probably my favorite. So this Sunday, so you you basically took all the electronics out and just Everything. went on basic knowledge and instinct. Yep. And, you, and that got you the win, right? Yeah, I just I flipped. I had two flipping sticks and a buzz bait, and I flipped just every piece of what I found. <laughs> that is that is awesome, man. Yeah, that is awesome. The fact that you, we're all always trying to keep up with the Joneses on this one, you know, yeah. kind of like nitpicking what is Ross Snyder doing, what is Cody Milton doing, <laughs> what is uh, Jody Quinn doing, and watching videos and all that. And at the end of the day, you just said screw this. Two two rods. No electronics. Using I had four rods with me, three three bait casters and a spinning rod. But I usually take ten or eleven rods with me. Like I'm that guy, you know. I'm ten to twelve rods. So <laughs> it's a big what's, step back. What's your kayak that you fish out of? I fish out of the New Canoe Pursuit. And you can fit then yeah. ten, eleven. Yeah, how many? recessed. Yeah, usually I put there. So there's. There's there's two recessed rod holders on each side of the pursuit, and I put three three rods in each tube, so I'll get six on the left side and six on the right side. Um, and if I'm taking 13 or something, a lot of times I'll just like lay it in the seat before I launch or something, like when I'm staging everything out. So yeah, I mean you, you those th- you can pack those things down. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. Tell so I take seven, and I feel like I, like I'm taking too much. People look at me like what? Yeah. seven rods, but. That's awesome, man. Just to say that, you know, screw this. I'm just going to go back to my childhood. I, I would imagine yeah. you said just go back to being a kid out fishing and forget about the tournament and then finding the fish and winning it. That, that's that's an awesome story, man. It goes to show, you know, sometimes we take fishing, I guess, too seriously. Or oh, yeah. We overthink it so much. Hey, and I spent like $1,500 on electronics last week. <laughs> just took them all. Because I, I got a Mega 360 finally came in the mail a few weeks ago so i like i was using that on saturday and i was just so tired of looking at all that stuff <laughs> you know and, and that's a great point but on my previous podcast um that uh, my previous platform what i have it 
um, and, and a lot of you listeners uh, know this already. I used to have my own podcast, Bass Cabbage Beers, and I had uh, an episode, can't remember who it was, but it, we talked about that specific thing. So a lot of times we get um, so caught up in adding stuff to the kayak. And one thing that if when you want to grow, uh, and for those that are tr just getting their feet wet in kayak fishing, just get a kayak. And before you start adding stuff, get comfortable with a kayak. Go out, try it a few times. Even up, I, the learning curve from bank fishing to kayak fishing was like, damn, this is a, like I thought I knew how to fish. And all of a sudden, I'm on a kayak and I kind of like yeah. completely, it's a different ball game. And then I started adding electronics. And once I had electronic, it's like, Kind of like the same thing, obviously, at a smaller scale than your yeah. success. But I went through that learning curve where I started depending, um, being too dependent on the electronics and forgot about my instincts. Um, and I got, I mean, I get it. If you invest in electronics, if there's a learning curve and you have to expect yeah, it. I'm getting used to now reading this. So my focus is not so much on catching the fish, but on learning how to use these electronics. And that's a good point. So do you think the fact that you got new electronics and new toys, that kind of threw you off your game? A little bit. I was just, I don't, I hadn't, I probably hadn't had enough time to get used to it. I mean, it's yeah. like, I know what I'm looking at, but it's hard. The biggest thing I think, and a lot of people are realizing with 360 is things are not exactly as they seem on there. Because essentially what three, you're looking at what's in front of you. Yeah. People don't know. It's just a radar system. So it's like, it, like it's pretty cool fishing around boats or like because I, I was a kayak around me um on friday or something pre-fishing and i could always see where it was so like and i could visibly see him so it was like getting used to seeing where those targets actually were i don't know i probably didn't spend enough time getting used to it and it probably wasn't actually helping me that much it's kind of part of the reason i took it out but i will get used to it like i think what needs to like what a guy needs to do is like get in three to four foot of water and have someone with you and mm -hmm. have them move around on the radar so like you can see where they are compared to where they're showing up on your screen so and it's like there's some things where i think when i get a little more efficient with that i mean i am going to continue to use it i'm not ripping all this off for good <laughs> it'll come back it's scary the fact that electronics is actually going to make you a better angler <laughs> yeah, <I hope. laughs> like, we'll see. For all those tournament out there and tournament anglers out there it's over it's over <laughs> cody just upgraded <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So let me talk to you a little bit about, I kind of, I call it a rivalry, but I know you guys are, are friends and all that and get along, but that kind of like you and Russ Snyder over the last three years, I feel that you and him are being on the, you know, the, the one and two kind of flip flopping one week. It's going to be like, it's going to be you and the next week's going to be, you can make an argument for Russ Snyder. I, I'm a big soccer fan. I always compare it to like Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, I know a lot of my listeners don't listen, but if back in the 80s, Matt, uh, Matt Johnson, Larry Bird, you pick a game, you say, yeah, Larry Bird's the best. Or Leo Messi's the best. Then the next game, Cristiano Ronaldo or Magic Johnson puts on a great show. And then you start flip-flopping. For, for you and Russ, what's that relationship like? Knowing that you guys, it's pretty much you. And no disrespect to Jody Quinn any of the other guys out there and there's so many names i could go on and on so i don't want to keep yeah, mentioning names. i don't want to even but the reality is you two right now are at the top of the game so how does it feel for you and russ snyder do you go out in the tournament and you look and you see russ snyder's name is there like a little like a little flip 
you know, switching, um, I'm sorry, flipping the switch, it says, oh, I got to beat this guy. You know, he's, he's here, so I got to be on my A game. Anything like that? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, the it's starting to feel that way a little more. Man, he's he's he is so good, and he's so much better than people even realize yet. I promise you that. Um, yeah, no, I mean he made like he changed just the limits he started bringing in. I mean, like that's a big thing, like. I, we went to so many lakes that he's like came back and won on these lakes and the stringers are so much bigger. Um, and it just, it, to me, like, I felt like you had to start targeting better fish this year. Um, I thought, I thought Matthew Scotch did that last year. He went, like he started winning tournaments by a whole lot. And it was like, that's people that are targeting a better average fish. And it's like, it's like when Rick Klun had that really good resurgent season in 14, like, he started to fish for six to seven bites opposed to nine to 12 bites. And it's like a lot of times that's the difference in getting five, four pounders versus five, three pounders. Um, and it's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he, he was eye opening for me for what he did. And, and in my eyes, yeah, I mean, the dude has an unbelievable amount of experience. Um, I was, when he won up at Lake Fork, um, that they cut like a couple weeks before I won there. Um, one of the Lake Fork guides was, I was talking to, he was talking, he, they were filming Russ that day, and he was like, I've never in my whole life seen someone attack shallow water like I just watched that guy do for six hours. You know, and he won the tournament by a ton um, in skinny, skinny water. And it's like, you know, I mean, he, for people that don't know, and it, I've tried to tell some people, it's, uh, you know, Russ was like, he's not just out of nowhere. Like this guy was ranked top 10 in the, in the country or in the state of California back when Ish Monroe, Chris Valdane and all of these big guys were coming out of there. Like he's an unbelievable angler with a lot of experience. Um, probably more, I mean, in, in my opinion, I don't think there is another kayak angler that has the tournament experience or knowledge that he has. Um, I had a lot of tournaments experience, but, uh, Russ, I mean, that's what he did. He guided on Clear Lake for, you know, seven, eight years and it tournament fished all in between it. Um, and it does, you don't have to be around the guy long to like really recognize that, you know, he's been there and done it, <laughs> you know, about all of it. Um, very impressive. Yeah. I'm just trying to keep up. That's, that's the honest truth. <laughs> Do you, I, I hear you talking about the, the history of the sport, you know, mentioning guys and going back in the days. You really are like a, like a fan of the sport, like oh, you're of the sport. You're not yeah. just a guy that loves fishing. Hey, I'm going fishing. Yeah. I'm good at it. No, you're really a student of the sport, you yeah. know, the history and all of it. Absolutely. Right? I, I love the I love the history of lakes too. Like, you mean, I like, I want to know what happened there in the eighties, like what happened there in the nineties. I mean, cause all that stuff, um, you can gain from old, like past experiences on lake, but a lot of times lakes recycle, like, Kentucky Lake had an enormous amount of gray, grass in the 80s, you know, and I'm sure it will again. And it's like those areas that have grass historically remain the same. So it's like you a lot of times you can find places off things from 20, 30 years ago or just areas. Um, but yeah, I love watching the old Bassmaster stuff. Like um, 
I can't remember what YouTuber it is. They're they're starting to release a lot of like the old Mega Bucks ones from the '90s and stuff. Yeah. So I love watching those because there's there's a ton of guys from Arkansas too. You know, like George Cochran and Rick Klein and so I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of guys kind of from around me that you know you get to watch from back in the day. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. Just one thing is to enjoy the the sport in itself, and the other thing is when when you enjoy the tournament part of it, you know, the competitive mm-hmm. part of it, that takes it to another level. And nothing against people that just love kayak fishing, not interested in the tournament. There's, I mean, yeah. there's there's always something for everyone. But listening yeah. to you talk about the history of it, you know, it's kind of refreshing just to say, man, this is not just a guy that loves kayak fishing. He also loves the tournament scene. He's a student of it. He loves the history of it. He's, you know, it's it's ingraining your DNA kind of thing. Yeah. I love tournament fishing. Like, I like salt, like any of those tournaments. Because it's like, it doesn't really matter how the lake's fishing. Like, at the end of the day, it's eight hours, you know, with five bites. And, like, so many people get carried away trying to catch so many fish. And it's like, a lot of these tournaments are being won with catching five to six, seven bites right now. And it's hard to, it's hard to key in on that. But it's like, you learn, Ishman Rose is a good example. Like, there's so many guys that get, they're Greg Hackney, they get comfortable catching six to seven fish a day and i'm telling you when you do that it's hard to fish without a limit like i get bad at it you start getting antsy and moving around trying to get fish when you really probably just need to put your head down and target a little better quality fish almost but yeah for us for us mere mortals they're just happy to land a fish a day <laughs> how what do you how is it what's the mental approach or just a general approach to what you're saying targeting better quality fish What's the difference? Try to explain it for those out there, that, and I'm one of them, that kind of like have a hard time grasping that concept. I mean, it varies from lake to lake, but like like here at where we were in Monroe, it was, it's a smallmouth lake. Um, there's smallmouth, there's largemouth too, but it's really clear, super rocky, and it's there is a lot of good shallow water cover, and I mean, obviously, like there's some good deep water cover, but it's the water color was only dirty in certain areas of the lake. And it's like for a kayaker, like it kind of made you feel like your better quality fish was going to be up, up shallower in that dingier water where they were a little easier to target, but they were a lot harder to catch. Like y'all wasn't getting hardly any bites in there. Um, I could go out to the main lake and was getting a lot more bites, like around some of the, you know, bridges and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Like it, it varies like like that's that is one big thing but a lot of times it's doing something that's a little that is a lot different than the rest of the lake in a lot of in a lot of times does that involve just more location or uh, bait selection both and i feel like in clear water scenarios it usually is a location thing um in lakes where the water color is pretty similar throughout it probably tends to be more of a bait slash reaction strike thing I, that's my thing. Like I try to make fish bite. That's why I, I, I generally fish really quick if I'm not flipping. Um, but that's kind of like the two things I want to try to do is either make a fish bite or fish, you know, really tight cover. So on a, on a lake that's clear water mm-hmm. and it has some spots where it's stained, where do you, where do you target the quality fish? Would you just look for the stained water or the, rather not, the clear water? Yeah. Or the mix. Um, oh, yeah. And one thing I used to do a lot is just to see the extremes. Like, yeah. you know, here, go put out at the dam and then go put out way up a river somewhere. Um, and if you don't like any of one of those, like, you're probably going to be somewhere in the middle, you know. And that's, like, a good way to kind of always be around some fish, in my opinion. Um, is Because that middle part is generally houses the most fish. Um, so it's like that mixed water can be good, yeah. 
there's so much stuff that you have to that you can learn from not one lake to another. Oh, the yeah. seasons, the lakes, the makeshift of it, you know, whether it's a reservoir, natural lake, there is so much stuff that a different difference from one lake to another, even in, in, in neighboring lakes, like you can have a lake, you know, that's a quarter of a, you know, a half a mile or a mile from that other lake and can be completely different. Um, just the nature of how do you target big fish or fish in general. So it's really exciting. That's what I love. One of the things I love about kayak fishing is you you never stop learning. There's always stuff that you have to learn. Even if, if you just content with going to, let's say, Lake Fork and dominating that lake, that's great. You always, you're going to catch 90, 100 inches almost every, now not almost every time, but if, once you dial it in, it's a good chance you're going to make that. But when you consider, okay, well, I want to try another lake now. I want to go another state different type of lake you know um that's why i think it's it's great to put a uh, a limit of you know 100 inches but it's i think to me it's more important to challenge yourself and go out into a get out of your comfort zone and see how well you can do and make that that place that's not your comfort zone your comfort zone and then yeah. kind of like divide and conquer you know you conquer one place move on to the next uh type of lake you know, and you conquer that and until you become a brother all around fisherman. And I think to you, is, do you think that's part of the key of your success, being able to be feel comfortable in every, almost every type of scenario and lake? That's, I, I really do. Yeah, it's in some like it, a lot of that goes back to what I was saying is, is just being growing up in Arkansas. Like the lake I lived on, we drop shot it in, you know, 40 to 50, 60 foot of water, over 100 foot of water. And it's then we had the Arkansas River 30 minutes away where you were flipping and frog and hyacinth and grass mats. And the I just, I, I, there, yeah, I mean, there's definitely scenarios I feel a lot more comfortable, but it's, I feel like I've been in most scenarios where when I get on a lake, like I can find, and that's another thing too, it's like going back to like watercolor variations throughout a lake. It's, you have to find where you're comfortable. That's not to say, like, maybe just because I feel comfortable in a little dirtier water. It's not to say some guys from California don't feel a lot better drop shotting if they're on a Cinco in really clear water. And it's, like, you have to find your water. And it's like, Dean Rojas had one of, like, the best seasons ever, and he locked a frog in his hand for nine straight tournaments and almost won AOI, like, the year that frog came out, like, the Spro frog. Like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And you look at the schedule that they had that year, it wasn't frogging lakes. The dude was going frog and riprap, frog and undercut. You know, it's like you have to find your bite. You know, chasing other people's generally doesn't work out for you. Yeah. Or, um, but. That's awesome, man. That's a great knowledge. How do you compare? I know this year was kind of like uh, a wrench was thrown in all of us. And yeah, granted. Right. There's a lot more important thing than catfish, and there are people that are struggling with work, either lost a family member due to the, the virus and all that. Um, so, losing a couple of tournaments, I mean, being able to, or not being able to fish in a couple of tournaments in the grand scheme of things is not the worst thing that could happen to you. But having said that, um, how do you compare your success this year with everything that's going on compared to other years at this stage of, you know, considering it's August? Oh, well, I mean, I, I would, without a doubt, say it's been the toughest. I mean, without a doubt. For me, it's been the toughest. Um, I mean, it's, it's not been say it hasn't been good and stuff. But yeah, it's like kind of with some of the coronavirus, you know, with stores, store stores being shut down at times. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely getting a lot harder to stay, you know, stay out here and keep doing it. Um, it seems like it's getting a little better. Um, I don't know. I know winning last week, you know, they're yesterday helped a lot, so... 
Um, but yeah, no, it's, I would say this year has been the most difficult just from traveling around, um, expenses. It's just, it has been a lot more difficult this year. That's yeah, it is. And, uh, Again, there's people out there that are suffering a lot more. We want to show yeah, respect absolutely. to that. But still, we love kayak fishing. And this is part of the what uh, the tournament anglers have to deal with. Um, so it's it's part of life right now. Um, talking about this whole thing, it gave birth to kind of like the knockout stage tournament style that we see in pretty much every major sport, especially American yeah. sports. Uh, but we really hadn't seen it in the kayak fishing tournament scene up until now. A lot of credit goes to um, Scott Butcher from Five Live and uh, yeah. Greg Nosar from KBBT. I know you had the opportunity to fish in the Five Live. You had a great show and you actually won the whole thing. Yeah. How do, does that experience compare of fishing a knockout stage um, to, uh, you know, live tournament? being the Hobie BOS, KBFs, Bassmasters, from a competitive standpoint, which one do you like more? What do you like about one and what do you like about the other one? Um, I mean, the, the, the five live thing, I mean, it's really, really cool. I mean, it's unlike, you know, anything else, really. So it was like, I, I mean, that was just, it took some getting used to. Like, I think it was – I was glad I got to fish, you know, the week before and stuff, and then the championship round being two days. Like, yeah, I mean, it was just weird having to talk and still trying to focus on where you want to be. And um, I don't know. Like, it was just different, you know. And I know, like, that's how a lot of the guys felt with MLF stuff for a while. It was like yeah. they liked it, but it wasn't like what they were used to. Like, now, I mean, for me, I, I got definitely enjoy – I enjoy practicing and breaking down a lake. It's kind of my main thing. And then trying to figure out where to go get five bites in that eight hours. And so, yeah, for me, like, you know, the Hobie BOS, the KBF, like I would, I mean, I prefer those, but it's not to say there's not like a huge space for the KBBT and the five live. Like, and I would do them all. I mean, they, they all, they all have their, their space. And I think the quarantine was, it, it was cool that, you know, that got to come out. The five live got to come out and the KBBT, um, I wish I could have jumped in on the, I got in on one of the KBBTs, but I didn't, I should have got in on the first one. It was like still all locked down quarantine. Yeah. It's hard. Those are hard for someone traveling a lot. That's yeah. not, that was probably my main problem with them, but um, it's still really cool though to keep up with them. Yeah. It's, it's interesting yeah. to see how the sports evolves in it. And I think there's a place for everyone to go, but it's going to be interesting to see how that, um, knockout stage kind of thing, uh, playoff uh, scenario um, just progresses once yeah. everything starts opening up again. And, you know, the, you know, Bassmasters will be BOS and KBFs are opening up again, which they are. Hopefully it'll stay that way. I know we're going through a second wave here, but we'll yeah. see how we affect it, how we, it's going to affect all of us, especially tournament anglers. But um, it remains to be seen. But I think it's interesting um, I know uh, Scott Butcher is taking a break and he's coming back with a vengeance. And I and I mean, with all due respect, Scott Butcher, and I don't know him like, oh, yeah, he's we're, we're tight. I got him on my show once and I got to talk to him. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of respect for him. My opinion of him, and this is a compliment, is he's a pit bull when it's come to, when he wants to achieve something. Yeah. And I know he's keeping it he's keeping a, a tight lip on it but i i've got a feeling he's got something up his sleeve coming up yeah. and i think it's going to be big 
Um, I can't wait to see what Scott Beecher brings out. But I know, like I said, he has that people mentality and he's going to go after big things. So it's going to be exciting to see what he brings to the table next. Now, the... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I think I stayed with him two weeks ago for a night at his house. It's unbelievably hard worker. I mean, it it never stops. Never stops. Uh, It has time for everything, too. You know, like family, kids. and He knocks some stuff out for sure. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing seeing what comes about with it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, it's going to be exciting, definitely. And uh, talking about the Five Live now, Correct me if I'm wrong. The Five Live, you had two hours to fish, right? That was it? Two hours, yeah. Two hours to fish, and it was a five limit. Yeah. Did you did you get a five limit every time you went out uh, on the, all throughout so those the, stages? The, the, week, the week one through week five where, like, they took the champion, that was just one day for two okay. hours. But the championship was, uh, was two days for two hours. So yeah, for, day for two hours. hours. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. So I did... I caught like 92 something inches in my week, like to qualify. But no, that first day was like, I don't think I caught but a few. I had a couple good ones, like maybe a 19 and something. But no, I, I had a bunch of boats. So a lot of people figured out where I was fishing. I had a lot of people, I had a lot of people like ruin my area. <laughs> um, and I had never seen a kayak there in my entire life. So I kind of dealt with that the first day, and then I just kind of figured out I'd do something else the second day and just went and caught them offshore since they didn't know where that was. So that worked out. <laughs> so that that concept when Scott Beach, and I'm assuming Scott Beach was the one who brought you the idea, hey, you're going to go yeah. fish. You got two hours to catch five fish. What went through your mind? Are you like, are you crazy? I mean, two hours? Or for you, catching five fish in two hours is the norm. Oh, well, when all this came about, this was probably the best – my lake had ever been fishing ever i mean i think the worst day i had this spring was like 22 pounds like the worst like whether being out there two hours four hours was like 22 pounds like most days like we caught 32 33 pounds a few days out there before they moved up spawning like on some of those old those deeper shell beds we were catching some giants out there like three four sevens in a day and stuff the dam had broken so the lake was like nine foot low but it's still a really deep lake. Like there was still really deep shell beds that were like generally 18 foot and they were in like eight foot, which is like perfect, like pre-spawn shell bed stuff. And they generally don't get on those shell beds that time of year, but they were loading on all of them. Um, yeah. So it was pretty, that whole time up to five live had been crazy too. Like I, the fishing had been really good. Um, it was fading, but yeah, it, it was, it did work out during the, during the tournament. Do you thought it was intimidating at all that you had to only two hours to fish? Oh, in that scenario, no, I really didn't. Like I was like, I was getting a lot of bites and I was fishing a lot. Like I don't get to fish a lot when I'm home. So it was like, it just, that was like the perfect storm for, I haven't really got to fish at home in years now. And like I had been fishing because of quarantine and then Scott got this going. So like I started fishing more. So I was pretty dialed in. Like I definitely knew where a lot of fish were. So I felt comfortable about it but yeah you still don't know you're gonna get five bites no (laughs) 
Okay, I'm gonna get. I want to get your quick reaction. I'm gonna say your name, and you're gonna tell me okay. what do you think, Jackson or? He's, un- he's really unbelievable. Um, I, right. I actually got to stay with him for that. We stayed at a barn together for like the last four nights um, in Indiana. And the, I'm telling you, the guy, he was. I worked pretty hard, and I guarantee he was on the water a lot longer than I was this week. Like he works really hard and he has an unbelievable head on his shoulders. I mean, he doesn't yes. get down. Like yes. he doesn't get down. Like he broke his drive. Like uh, they, they won the tournament yeah. yesterday or two days ago. Like he didn't, he like, he didn't care. Like I like caught one fish, like nothing really broke, but I like, I was so angry and mad. Like he's going to, he's going to, he's going to go a long ways. I promise you that. Uh, yeah. I know that for a fact. I think the ceiling for that kid is considering it's, his age and his mental. You know, his dad's great. I don't know him he's personally. Got a lot of, yeah. He's got a lot of the right stuff going on and yeah. a lot of good people around him. Yeah, that's the thing. He's surrounding himself with good people. Absolutely. Um, so, it, do you do you feel like you have to, you know, you, you look at Russ Snyder kind of like next to you. Do you feel like you need to pick behind you a little bit over your shoulder and see Jackson? Or do you feel like, Okay, this kid's coming for us. Like, this is for real. Because I, I, a lot of times, on, on these big tournaments, you always, and I say with all due respect, you got to see this kind of like the same names. You know, you, uh, Ross Snyder, Jody Queen, Jackson Orr is getting his name there more yes. consistently. You'll see a mix of one or two people you never heard of, and you're probably not going to hear for them again. Or maybe you'll hear for them, you know, once a year, but not with that consistency. But you see that that name Jackson was just coming up every getting more yep. consistent consistent. You see, feel like feel a little bit of heat around the corner coming when you, when you yep. see him on the tournament. Uh, I think you will continue to see his name up there, and I think um, I'm trying to think. I, I'm trying to predict his first win. I don't know when. Um, it will happen though. Yeah. I mean, it, it will it will happen. Um, and he wants it too. It's like I was saying, you were talking about like drive and stuff like that earlier. Like I see a lot of like how, like that practice mentality that I have and had like in Jackson, he was working hard. He was, he was up at like four fifty every morning. Um, uh, it was like four fifty all back home at like nine. And now like I used to do that. And I really like the last year I've gotten a little lazier. Like, I mean, there's a, like, <laughs> we're getting old. You, gotta, you learn, <laughs> like you gotta learn your like kind of, I don't know. You got to learn to dot back some at times. Like that's totally, yeah. there is a balance with some of that. Like I used to want to spend every minute I could possibly be out there practicing. And it's, that's a lot. You have to do that at times. I know that you have to do that at times, but you don't always have to do that. And that's um, the other thing we're talking about. What uh, Jackson's what I think 17 or 18 it might be 18. By now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's still, he has that all that energy. Now, how old, how old are you, Cody? The 27. So yeah, you're right there at the peak of, you know, what people consider the peak of uh, more than physically, you know, 27 mm-hmm. is where you kind of like reach your highest and then 30 start slowly decline. Mm-hmm, yeah. But you're right there at the peak. We don't have, you don't have that energy. None of us have that energy unless we're that age. But it, it's exciting to see him use that, yeah. channel that in the right way. Yeah. Um, what's been your, out of your career, what's been the biggest, the, the, the win that you are most proud of that you're never going to forget? Lake Fork, yeah. I mean, I could think of, I could think about ways to, um, but yeah, I would say Lake Fork, um, without a doubt. Yeah, um, and I, you know, I'd finished second at the Lake Fork TOC before. Like I, I've gotten close on Fork a few times, um, 
and you know we spent an, I've spent a lot of time there. Like my dad's roommate in college is from Emory or like some town yeah. north of there. So it's like, and I never got to go with him. Like I'd never fished with Buck, which was his roommate. But um, dad just told stories about from the eighties, like eighty three to the low, like early nineties. And if you look at the Texas big bass records, it is yeah. all from eighty three oh. to eighty seven, all of them. And it was like that's when dad was there, like throwing Carolina rigs, talking about catching twenty five pounds. It was like. He would just tell stories about that all the time. So it's like, and then we started going there to fish in McDonald's big bass tournaments. And then like the team tournament stuff started down there a lot. And I don't know. I'd spent so much time down there. Like it, it it's always, I love being in fishing towns. Like yeah. whether when you pull into Gunnersville, whether when you pull into Emory, like lacrosse is really cool. It's start, like, yeah. I really, I love those towns that live and breathe, especially those smaller ones. Man, like Manny's a good one. Manny and Toledo. It's like, there's nothing else there, you know? And yeah. you got the history of, like, the five best guides ever, like the Hemphill gang living, like, right there in Hemphill. It's just, it's a cool, like, I love those little towns, like, where those guys live and breathe for a long time. It's cool. Yeah, I know. Lake Fork is definitely one of them. Definitely. Yeah. I go over there, and that's what I love, that small town mentality where everything yeah. is just bass fishing. Everything related is just everywhere. You breathe, you know, it's in the atmosphere kind of thing, you know, every just around. Yeah. It's like you're stepping back in time kind of thing. Pretty so cool. I, I I love Lake Fork. To me, it's a two-hour drive, and I don't mind. I get up at 4 a.m. I drive yeah. there. I don't care. Um, I love it. It's a great lake and a great town, like you mentioned. Um, we'll, I, I, I'm seeing it grown. It's, a few restaurants are popping here and there, and I kind of like the food. I, I stopped the other day at a, a barbecue place that just opened called Marshall's uh, Barbecue. Um, oh, my God, amazing barbecue. Some of the best barbecue I've ever tasted. But it's kind of like that that little, yeah, I, I love that. But at the same time, I want it to stay the way it is. Because oh, Lake Fork, yeah. it's kind of like a time machine, man. You go over there, it's like when you live when you live in Dallas, the Fort Worth Metroplex, and you drive two hours, you go to Lake Fork, you're like, did I just transfer myself to the 80s, like the hot tub yeah. time machine or something? Yeah. It's pretty exciting. I like it. I hope it stays this way as much as it is. Absolutely. What's been your favorite lake so far now that you mentioned that? Um, so favorite, like I would say without a doubt, um, the tournament, like I enjoy the most every year in probably because it's my favorite lake is, um, it, I really like the Mississippi river. Like that's like, I've, yeah. and I never even do that good up there anymore. Like I, the first time I went up there, I did okay. Well, I guess the second time I went up there, but I don't ever, I never even do that well. It's just, like, I love – every day you're out there is really fun. Like, every day of practice, like, exploring nine miles through endless lily pads and, like, endless grass flats with little drains and trenches through them and, like, current – like, you know, sippling through, like, all of that skinny grass. Like, I mean, you're talking, like, really, like, current moving in four to five, eight inches of water for miles, like – it's just an unbelievable place. Like the nature preserves, the islands out there. Like it's there's so so much habitat out there. Gin clear water, um, more types of grass than you could ever imagine. <laughs> um, it's cool. I would say that I would honestly say the Upper Mississippi River. Nice, awesome. Um, yeah. Favorite state though is Florida. Like if I just wanted to fish somewhere, like Florida's where oh, I yeah. live in tournament fish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like yeah, I like Felsmere a lot. Yeah, Felsmere's a good one. Um, honestly, like I like the other two that people don't like as much. Like, I like Garcia; it's probably one of my favorite yeah. ones. 
Um, but yeah, they're they're all good. Like I lived in Orlando for a few years, so there's a lot of little ones up around there too. They're pretty good. But yeah, that's kind of my that's my two though. I would say frogging up in lacrosse and flipping. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Down in Florida. <laughs> nice, man. That's pretty cool. Okay, so before I let you go, I kind of want to do a little segment called um, Fun Facts About Cody. You ready? We're going to do a couple of, like, one-answer questions. Some of it just going to be silly questions. Some of them are going to be officially rated. Others not. And we're just going to wing it. And, again, just one-answer question. You ready? Yep. Awesome. So, favorite um, fishing show? Oh, uh probably the coolest one and i think the most progressive is the, the fishing the city limits uh the mike iconelli show um and i yep. know nat geo has been like super happy with that like that's um but i mean i can think back to some old ones but like current time like i think that's the coolest thing going right now awesome uh favorite movie that deals with either fishermen or fish i'll give you an example anything from jaws to uh the perfect storm kind of thing Oh, yeah. I don't watch movies. I don't know. Um, I have seen Jaws. It's been a long time. Now. <laughs> I'll, go with, I'll go with a horror Jaw film, I guess. <laughs> the what? The Jaws film? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Uh, favorite um, setup? I think you touched on it a little bit, but... Favorite, like, fishing setup? Yeah, or... fishing setup. Rod, um, setup. line, and everything. Oh, 25-pound... I kind of balance with a few different fluorocarbons. The 25 pound fluorocarbon and uh, a 7.6 Cashin elite flipping stick with a 7 3 to 1 uh, Corrado. Nice. Um, Shimano. Yeah. Nice. Um, that's things. That's what I've caught like every fish on this year. So that's, nice. that's the favorite. Um, favorite. No, that's not what I wanted to ask. Oh man, I forgot. You got me thinking about that Corrado. I love that reel. Uh, okay. Yeah, these DCs are legit too. I, I got a DC last week. Those things are legit. Yes, yeah. they are. Shimano is one of them, my favorite. Oh, yeah. Adam Abu Garcia, my favorite reels. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, again, I lost the question. Okay, if you couldn't fish for bass fish anymore, you couldn't be allowed to fish any type of bass. What would you be fishing? Largemouth. Yeah, I, I'm not. I if you couldn't, like no type of largemouth, no no type of bass. Oh, we're yeah. not allowed to fish bass for whatever reason. Just imaginary world. You have to fish oh. something other than bass. What would it be? Oh, so, um, yeah, I mean, bass really, I mean, it's not even my favorite thing to fish for. Like, I, I love offshore fishing. I really like collegiates. Um, sail fishing, I really, the tarpon are probably my favorite to chase, though. Like, I like chasing the tarpon. Um, but, I mean, honestly, like, I've redfished for two years, and, like, I would just bass fish, like, in the afternoon. So, um, if I had to do it every day, it would be redfish. If it was a couple days a week, it would probably be sailfish. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if you couldn't do kayak fishing or fishing in general, what other outdoor activity would you be doing? Um, on, before my hand injury, I would have said rock climbing probably. Nice. Um, I, yeah. I, 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 
there's a lot of good in rock climbing. They, yeah, I think you can gain a lot from that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'd probably say rock climbing. Yeah, rock climbing. Mountain I used biking, to do it. Maybe. The what? I'm sorry. I said maybe mountain biking. I still do. Oh, mountain, mountain biking. Yeah. That's each. Uh, well, I I love outdoor sports, but um, back then when I was in college, I would do a lot of rock climbing. I'm not a lot. Um, but it is that teaches you a lot. Be patient and be methodical when it comes to doing stuff. It uh, yeah. it's it's a great sport. It's I think it's a great sport to kind of like take out stress because you really have to yeah. take it easy uh, when you do rock climbing. So Cody, thank you so much for taking time. I don't want to keep taking more of your time. I know you got another episode or oh, another recording coming up with the guys at Dan Perry and uh, Jimmy Skinner. You know, it's not going to be as awesome as being on my show, but, you know, yeah, no. make them feel like they're the best. Would you pull yeah. me, please? <laughs> I will, I will. Uh, shout, I out to <laughs> shout out to Dan and Jimmy. I'm sure they're going to be super psyched to have you on their live show today, um, on Monday. So, again, thank you so much. Oh, before I let you go, Cody, any sponsors, family members, anybody you want to thank and take, uh, you know, if you want to take as much as you can or time that you want to do, go ahead. Uh, Fish USA, I mean, they're, they, you know, it's one of my big ones. Uh, New Canoe Pursuit, like, that's been a really good switch for me this year. Um, and I really, I mean, I could, I wouldn't, it probably, I wouldn't do it, wouldn't be as happy with all of it without the, my motor guide, the XI3 motor guide's been phenomenal. Dakota Lithium Batteries, like, I'm running, I'm running, like, 100 amp hour in 223s. Um, and, like, it powers everything for an unbelievable amount of time. Um trying to think westbrook supply company like they're I, as hard as kayaks are to get right now like they're still they're still got a pretty decent supply in atlanta um georgia so um, beyond boundaries in Searcy, arkansas they've um they have a really good apparel line um if you want to check out those i print some of their shirts so there's a chance you could have one of their shirts printed by me so you get that you get that opportunity yeah <laughs> awesome but um, yeah that's about it be history piece of history right <laughs> yeah <laughs> But that's about it. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me on. Man, I appreciate it again. Uh, best of you, you, best to you moving forward. I hope you finally get some consistency because I know you, like you yeah. said, you struggle so much. Struggle, <laughs> <yeah>. Consistency. <laughs> no, but all jokes aside, you know, we wish you the best. We're looking forward to seeing how you keep progressing, man, and mm -hmm. watching you with that rivalry with Russ Snyder and all those great guys that are oh, out yeah. there putting up a show. Uh, the kayak fishing tournament scene owes a lot to you guys uh, for putting in the work. So, again, best of luck moving forward. We're excited to see what's next, and uh, have a great day, uh, Cody, and uh, thank you again for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you. Enjoy. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water. 
and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs, when in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs.